that's what I need. Well, I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. Said I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. And if I share with you my story, would you share your dollar with me? Bad times are coming, and I reap what I done sowed. We are back. What's up? Oh, that does it for me. God, you look sexy, Ross. You're wearing you a fishing. You're wearing a fishing shirt. I'm tan. I'm getting brown. You do. You turn into another nationality during the summertime. Yeah, and I'm only a quarter of the way there right now. I've, I'm I've, only. You, you get dark. I I do change a lot, man. I from from December to July. I'm a I'm several different shades of olive. Yeah. My daughter has asked me before why I'm not the same color as the rest <laughs> of the people in the family. Yeah, it's uh, and you were home. What were you mowing the yard today? Yeah, are you a uh, are you a shirt off yard guy? If it's hot enough, was no, it I'm hot not, enough today? No, not 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 hot enough today. No, where where do you wear? Where do you take your shirt off? Golf courses, mowing the yard. <laughs> Hold on, when, no. you're, when you're when you're tending to the little league fields. <laughs> Are you out there on the lawn tractor <laughs> the, driving around? The in- Look at that guy chalking the lines. He's got no shirt on. You've dropped a lot on here. Dude, do you know how good of a chalker I am? I'm an elite chalker. I was... Uh, elite. I have... So we have to... When we drop Seton off for baseball, uh, he always has to be there 45 minutes before the game. So we don't go anywhere. We just sit there and kind of watch the teams warm up. So... Recently, I've noticed that more and more because sometimes we get there and it's the first game of the day and the fields aren't chalked yet. Yeah. So we watch them come out with the little contraption, whatever you call it, around the plate to do the, the batter's the, boxes. The, the technical term is chalker. Chalker. Okay. Not the thing that with the chalk in it, but like the, you know, to set up the batter's oh, the f- boxes. The frame for the frame. It. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, how people do it, man, you can tell when people are good at it. And, uh, you know, they're, they're stopping the flow of chalk right at the right time yeah. to get past first base and keep yeah. going down the lines. There's a little bit of an art to it. Very much. Yeah. I like doing the on-deck circles and then putting each team's emblem inside the on-deck circle. That's right. Wow. That's right. Wow. What a, like, so what's, what, what's your own, uh, what's Eli's team's name? What's their emblem? Well, right now he's on two teams this year. The Little League team is the Dodgers. Okay. So the classic L.A., so easy. you're doing that? Super easy. I don't, I don't, listen, man, they keep me away from the fields now. Oh, so you're not doing it. This is I've the run past. my, I've run, I've run out my welcome on all the little leagues. Okay. So what else? What, uh, what? His second team is the bomb squad, which is to block B, which would be super easy to do. What's a hard one? What's the hardest one you've ever done? Um, I, I have a, I got some pictures on Facebook because one year of for chalk art. Well, listen, one year for when I was helping out at Pleasant Hill, we had a tournament. Okay. For the T-ball teams. And I went for every team. I chalked the fields and did the emblem. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think what some of the more complicated ones were. Y- the Yankees one is tough. Yeah. The Yankees one is... is and, and, and in a Y, intertwined yeah. with each intertwined. other. Intertwined. If you do it just... But yeah. I'll see if I can find those photos. You're going to... Trust me, Mark Charter. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be impressed. There's no limits to your talents. I won't be impressed at all. You... um. Yeah, man, you threw a lot at me there because I did. I have a funny story to tell you about something that happened today to me. Already uh, today, huh? Yeah, I went to. I saw last year I blew up a mower the day I bought it. I remember that. Bought a brand new mower. Like you hit something in your yard. Hit the freaking fire hydrant that's been there for, I don't know, 70 years? Yeah. Probably longer, actually. Yeah. Probably yeah. longer. Yeah. 
certainly the entire 17 years I've lived in the house. And you'd mowed around it plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. In 17 years. My I'd guess is you it. just had your deck set too low. That's what it was, Mark. And I kind of lifted the the deck to get the weeds that were growing, yep. growing up around it rather than getting the weed eater and just doing it. Yep. And I clipped the bolt. Yep. That sits on top of the uh, of the plate mm-hmm. for the for the high fire hydrant, and it seized the motor right away. Like it stopped the blade from spinning instantly. Mm-hmm. Put a little tiny dent in the bolt, and then and I was out. I literally bought the mower like an hour before. <sighs> That's frustrating feeling. So I ended up my my neighbor had a medical issue last summer around that time. So I ended up just using his mower and then mowing my yard and his yard every time I mowed to, to help him out. Why do you want to do that this year? So I went and bought a new mower this morning. Okay. And it was awesome. I got a weed eater with it and I went and I, it was, did the yard right. Weed it around the yeah. stupid ass fire hydrant and then mowed. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the process of loading up the mower, I was cleaning out the back of the truck to make some space for it. And there was a shoe box in there. Now you'll notice my fancy, Hey dude, super comfy shoes. I see that. I By the way, my neighbor also got some Hey dudes. Uh, recently, I don't own any, and he says they're awesome for slip-ons and they're super comfortable. Oh, they're so comfortable. Yeah. So I went about a month ago to uh, uh, Dillard's over there at Jordan Creek Mall. Yeah. And went in, I found these Hey Dudes, and they were on sale. I was like, hey, these look really comfortable. I tried them on. I'm like, yeah, those feel right, but I'm not sure that they're the right size. Those feel right. They were they were 10s. Normally, I'm a 10 and a half or an 11. I'm, I'm like, 10 and a half as well. So, yeah, a lot of similar. And there's no, there is no... 10 and a half in Hey Dudes. They go 10s to 11s. Okay. So I've got the 10s. The associate brings the 11s out. I tried the 11s on. I realized the 11s, they're the way to go. Okay. You've moved up in the world. You're now an 11. Well, in this particular size. And the lady tells me they are going to shrink over time. So get the ones that are a little bit bigger. So there okay. we go. So I take my New Balance shoes that I'm wearing and I throw them in the box. As one is off to do. Close the box. Yeah. And now I'm going to wear my new Hey Dudes out of the store. I hand the box back to the associate that has the other pair of Hey Dudes in it. And I take my box that has my New Balance shoes and I pay for my new Hey Dudes and I leave. Now, fast forward a month to this morning when I see that box in the back seat. And I'm like, oh, my New Balance are in that box. It's been back there a month. It's been back there a month. Okay. There's my New Balance. Mm-hmm. Mark, it wasn't my New Balance shoes in that shoe box. It was a, another pair of Hey Dudes. It was the size 10 Hey Dudes. Oh, really? <laughs> so they put your old New Balance back on the shelves. <laughs> I don't know. Sell those. I don't know. They went back into the back room. So I think at some point I need to go out there and ask because they, they had to think like, oh, some guy pulled one off on us. So this is, a, this is the what do you do? You take it. You go, I go back, don't I? Don't I go back? Because yeah, first of all, a lot, I won't, a, a I, lot of people would not, but I would. You're not going to wear them. You're not. No. You know. And and I and by the way, I'm hoping maybe they still have my New Balance. Is there any chance? Do you have an old pair of stinky New Balance that could maybe? What if get, they're still in that box? What if nobody has come in and asked for that particular pair of size it's ten possible. new Hey Dudes? It's interesting. This is like the Willy Wonka golden ticket magic. Yeah, people are going to be maybe racing if, out to Von Mar and maybe, not Von Mar, not Von Mar. No, I was I thinking the up. other thing. Maybe if you take it back, then they'll realize that you did the right thing, and they're going to give you Dillard's. They're going to say, <laughs> <laughs> "Charlie, my boy, you did the right thing." It took you a month. This but was we knew, all a test. We Ross. knew you'd be bringing back this pair of Hey Dudes. <laughs> they start so. to they start to sing and rhyme. Uh huh. <laughs> the shoe store Opa Loop has come out. Yeah, I need to. Um, I I think that the knock on Hey Dudes from a few people I've talked to is that they're considered ugly. Now, 
I didn't study your I shoes. Don't care. You want to look at them? Are they are they ugly? They're not say, cute. See, I, I would mean, not. I would not say those. I don't think ugly. they're ugly, and I don't. And I also. I would wear those as 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 weird as it sounds. Like, oh, I don't even care. Yeah, I really don't, man. About they're your super, footwear. Yeah, they're super comfortable. Yeah, that's what I care about more than anything when I'm wearing shoes. Are they comfortable? You know, you're getting older when you start to make statements like that, dude. I've I have been. What a I comfy, care about is comfort. Listen, I've been a comfy shoe guy most of my life. Really have been. So, is there any way to actually keep your shoes stink free? This time of year, yes, there are a couple uh, ways. And now I'm not talking about wearing socks. That's the easy answer. Yeah, right, right. No, right. no. If no, you no. want to go barefoot, there are a couple of ways. So first of all, because I'm barefoot today too. Odor eater uh, insoles yeah. work. Hmm. They they work. Those little ball. The the ma- most magical thing I think, and I by magic I don't mean that they. It's just the fact that they work. It's yeah. it, I don't understand the science of it. Those little tiny plastic sneaker balls that you can buy at Target for cheap. Okay. You know what I'm talking what about? What do you do with them? You just put them in your shoes. You leave them. Oh, well, after, can... after your foot is out of your shoe. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. The ball yeah. In your when, shoe. You, when you set your shoe, take your shoes off by the front door, yeah. like a lot of people do. Some people wear their shoes in the house. I, that's, I'm guilty. Yeah. We, yeah. Do, we do that in our house from time to time, yeah. too. It's not like it's a rule. Uh-huh. But wherever your shoes are going to be for the night, take, put these, in a ball. Two, take these little balls, drop one in each shoe, and it. It e- eats really odor. Work. It eats odor all it night e- long. It eats odor all night long. Yeah. And you think to yourself, how does it do that? So I used to use like talcum powder. Okay. I used to use some sort of powder. Yep. And then that that honestly ended up creating more mess than it. Yeah. Than it solved. Let's. We have mostly guy audience. Let me ask you this question: Do you ever do like a gold bond situation? Do you ever do a, a baby powder or a gold bond, especially in the um, summer if you're going to go out and. Uh, so, uh, you know, you want I, your you want your balls to be nice and nice and comfy for the day. My question is, I assume at some point you've done this. Maybe you do regularly. Yeah. But is there a clean way to do it? No. Man, no. oh man. Because you're like trying to get up, something to shoot up onto your undercarriage. Yeah, and it wants to fall over the bathroom floor. So a couple ways. I used to do this all the time when I worked construction and when yeah. I was a maintenance man and I was always out inside, outside, inside, outside, and it was really hot. And I mean, literal chafing would yeah. was an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so the the way that I always found to be most effective was to I'd get out of the shower, lay a towel down, mm-hmm. stand, kind of spread eagle over yeah. the towel, fill your hand, and cup, then like throw it up into your, your nuts. Le- yeah, cup your left hand, pour it into your left hand, and then yeah, kind of cup your nuts and get all around the the whole area. It's there, just you it's, know what I mean. It just seems like there's got. But be a even with way that, what ninety percent of it ends up on the towel underneath you. Yeah. Maybe you're supposed to lay down on your bed and put your legs in the air and then shoot downwards. I think that that's you're supposed to have a friend help first of all. <laughs> call your call your buddy, and then you lay down on your back. It's time to apply. If you can get two friends and they can hold, one can hold your ankles up in the air, it makes it a lot easier for you, the applicant, applicant, uh, the guy who's getting the balls. Reminds uh, me of Paul Rudd. In this is forty when he has his wife check. He thinks there's something wrong with his butthole, and she says it's uh it's a hemorrhoid. Like this is a hemorrhoid, and he's like basically in that position. And she looks, yeah, it's a hemorrhoid. She's not thrilled to be doing so. Knees behind his ears, basically. <laughs> basically, I know I've seen that, but I love Paul Rudd. That's a good movie, man. I've, I know I've seen that. I think you had to have seen it. Seth Rogen is in it, and they go. Uh, anyway, there's a scene where they get high, but no, it's a great movie. And in fact, there, I I don't know if this has been produced. I think I think it has been filmed. This is 50. It's oh, com- it's wow. Coming it's coming out. Holy cow. I'm going to brush up on This is 40. Paul Rudd 
if, Rudd, he, if he actually is 50, he still looks 25. Do you know about Paul Rudd's running joke? And obviously not running anymore because the show doesn't exist. But do you know about the recurring gag that he pulled on yes. Conan O'Brien? Yes. With the movie? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the clip from that movie? Every, every <laughs> time he would come on to plug a movie... They would never show the actual movie. Paul Rudd would say that in this scene, I, you know, we're this is what we're going to see, and then they would play some crappy movie with like a kid in a wheelchair going off a cliff. Yeah, with an alien. It was kind of like an ET yeah, type of yeah. Weird. Every hol- time, and I know this sounds bad to say, a kid in a wheelchair goes off a cliff is hilarious. Yeah, but <laughs> I think well, I think it's hilarious because of how fake it looks. I have seen. It, that. Yeah, it's it's horribly fake, and and it again, yeah, they, it, it was always done in the context of like, so Ant Man, yeah, man, this is. This movie was a technological marvel. We we used the cutting edge computer graphics. You, it's unbelievable how yep. seamless this stuff looks. You're going to be blown away by this clip I I brought today. Do you like the long play? That's the long play. That, I do. That that went forever. And then um, uh, the Kimmel uh, John, Damon feud. Yeah, I almost said Johnny Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon feud. <laughs> Damon you know, has been long, going for the outfielder for the whole show. Yeah. Yeah, you know, apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time. Yep. He says that every night. Um, I love the long play. Did you hear the joke? It wasn't even a joke. It was a story you told. I, but I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. Did you hear the uh, George Clooney is a big prankster? Did you hear the one he pulled on his roommate back when he George was first starting out in Hollywood? This is this is vaguely ringing a bell, but I, so he I, I had don't, so, I don't so, think so so George Clooney. Uh, the the roommate was uh, Richard Kind. Do you know who that is? Yeah. He was on Mad About You. He was the neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a, an, an Got an interesting voice. Yeah. So he was roommates with Richard Kind. And he told one story where he convinced Richard Kind he was a great painter. Like Richard Kind was working at the time. George wasn't. So he'd leave for the day and come back. And George had painted a masterpiece. Well, George had just gone out to a garage sale and found a piece of art and, you know, bought some paint brushes and some paints and would convince him that he had done that one. But the one that George said was, was uh, he said, I don't know how this came to me, but one day I just decided I was in the bathroom. His roommate had a, had a little kitten, and he just decided to take the, take the shit out of the cat box and flush it. So over time, George, or the, the roommate is noticing that the cat's not taking a dump. You know, it's like, you know, at, at, the voice was odd, but kitty hasn't taken a dump in three days. You know, one, one of those types of voices. So George continues this for like, you know, two weeks. Like, why is this cat not shitting? Well, the cat is shitting. George is just getting in there and clearing it out before. And George is in the bathroom one day and he's like, I was just in there looking at and I decided it just hit me that I knew what I needed to do. So it's been two weeks or whatever since the cat's taken a dump. The guy's concerned. Maybe he needs to take the cat to a vet. I know what he did here. George drops his trowel (laughs) and takes a shit. In the cat's litter box and waits for the roommate to come home. He goes in the bathroom. He's like, oh, my God. George is like, this is the smallest cat you've ever seen, dude. It's like, reminds me of the Johnny Depp thing going on. Like, she's That's blaming amazing. the dog. That's but, like, George is, like, known for doing that stuff. He's always done <laughs> pranks like that. I'm like... That you know, that's the long play. You don't get that immediate payoff, but over over time. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so that's so good. God bless George Clinton. My brother, I've told stories to you about my brother before. But um, we had a longtime family friend that worked with my brother for many years with the city of Pleasant Hill, and he was retiring. 
and I happened to see this gentleman about a week or two before he retired. And uh, so I went over and said, hi, and heard you're retiring. Congratulations. And this guy says, uh, uh, guy's name was Larry Workman. He says, uh, Ross, I got to tell you, I'm going to miss so much working with your brother because of all the stupid pranks he pulled on me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He says, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you a few. Now, this guy had a desk job. And you got to remember, this was like back in the 90s, too. So different era, very different era. You had a desk phone. Mm-hmm. So my brother, when Larry wasn't in his office, would go in, unplug the wire from the receiver to the bottom of the phone, okay. and then tape it, tape the cord in place next to the outlet. So that way, when your phone rings and you pick up the phone, it picks up the call. The phone stops ringing, and the person on the other end yeah. is saying, hello, hello, and you are talking into a dead line. Yeah. Now... Brad had no concern about this. It was actually a business line, and there were actually business calls. He just did it for the fun of this guy having to figure out why his phone wasn't working yeah. for, you know, because you hang up the phone, person calls you back, it rings again. You answer the phone, yeah. there's nobody there. You're like, what the hell? You hang up. Well, all the other person is getting is it rings, 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 phone picks up and hangs yeah. up. Yep. So he said that was one of them. He said the other one is, you know, those monthly calendars. The, 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 if every year we would get a new desk calendar mm-hmm. and it's got all 31 days spelled out for you on, on a big calendar. Mm-hmm. And then down in the corners of those, of those calendars, there's always a little triangle piece that folds up over. So that way the corners don't curl all year round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking Brad about. Brad would go and take the months out, staple them together. And then put them back underneath the corner so sleeve. he couldn't see it. So yeah, so that the guy wouldn't see the staples. Yeah. And when he would go to rip the next month out, all of the months would come flying. <laughs> That's elaborate. That's Tell elaborate. Yeah, yeah. Those are the types of things. Did that he ever do I, that I to you that. though? Oh, Did he ever? Yeah. I mean, we grew up with the thing, Mark, of like, um, you know, dad. Dad got Marcy a piece of jewelry one time for Christmas and wrapped it in the box that a refrigerator came in like mm-hmm. it, it was a box that was tiny gift, huge box. Yeah. Yep. That sort of thing. Or yep. the, or the scavenger hunt. Yep. You know, you open a gift and it says y- your real gift is under your bed. Yeah. And then you go into your bed and there's another gift that says your real gift is in the garage. Yeah. And, you, and then, and, and you're just bouncing around. Five clues later, you're pissed off. You don't even want the thing anymore. So the one that they did to me one time, I loved the movie Rudy. Yeah. The, the Sean talks about what a, what a sham it is, but I love it as well. I love it. Yeah. It's a good movie. And the family knew I loved Rudy. So one year, it was like for Christmas of 97. Okay. Because that movie came out like 95. Uh, so it would have been long enough for this movie to now be out on VHS. Yeah. And so that was all I asked for was a copy of the movie Rudy on VHS. And we get all, you know, just as I think a lot of families do on Christmas, everybody kind of opens gift and then your big gift is waiting at the very end. And you mm-hmm. kind of go around the room and each person gets to open their big gift. And my big gift was a VHS tape wrapped up. I knew it's Rudy. This is awesome. Okay. It's just a cassette tape. We all know what those yeah. look like. And I knew yeah. what I'd asked for. And I'm holding it in my hand. I can feel this is a cassette tape. And I open it up and inside is not Rudy. It is an instructional video for hitting. Okay. And it's like this 1988 Tom Amansky yeah. cassette tape. And I'm I'm like really confused. And my everybody in the house is like, whoa, what the hell happened? What? And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And dad's like, what? My mom and dad, I mean, everybody in the family is like, what? 
what happened? Didn't we? I thought we were getting him Rudy. Yeah. And my brother-in-law goes, oh, my gosh, guys. Marcy and I bought that video for our nephew mm-hmm. on the other side of the family. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And they, like, look at each other, and they're like, we gave the wrong gift to the wrong kid. It's the worst thing in the world. I'm like, and they're like, oh, my God, Ross, we're so sorry. And I was like, oh, it's, it's okay. It's, it's okay. I'm, I'm done playing baseball. What the fuck am I going to do with yeah. this Tom Amansky video? <laughs> Could have used this thing 10 years You're ago and actually been a better baseball yeah. player. But now I'm just going to forget about my Rudy sorrows by watching Fred McGriff <laughs> throw balls in a bucket. Cool. Really cool, guys. Thanks a lot. Well, obviously, if you they were messing with me. I did have, they did buy me a copy of Rudy. It was already in the VCR. Oh. So then it was like, well, why don't you just put that video in and we'll watch it? And, I, and then I'm like, then I'm kind of catching <laughs> we're on. We're going to watch it as a family. Yeah, we're going to watch the Tom Amansky video as an instructional eating video as a family. Everybody got get popcorn. Yeah. And I kind of went over and I, yeah, went to, and it was the video yeah. of the thing. But then, yeah, popped it out and there was Rudy. And the oddest part of that is Rudy is a, is a great movie. But the fact that that would be like something that you'd be that excited about getting, you know, like it's. You know, movies aren't that expensive. You know what I mean? And at the time, just dude, you, getting a VHS movie was a big deal in our in our house. Well, we didn't like, own a lot of them. I think we mean. rent them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To own one was a big deal because they were expensive to buy. How much were they? I'm trying to think. How much? Like twenty five bucks? Twenty three dollars. Twenty three ninety five. You sound like you know that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm, guessing. I'm guessing like you. You're just guessing. Guess confident. Uh, you probably never got into the era of like the Blu-ray. You know, remember when Blu-ray came out for purchase and Blu-ray and HD DVD? There were all what sorts was, of HD things. HD DVD. What was the name? There was a. There were two competing technologies. There used to be stores where you could go and you could buy music and movies and things Sam, like that. Sam Goody. Sam Goody. We had one at the mall called Music Land up in Ames. Music Land was a big one, and we had um, we had a few. There was another one. Hollywood, not Hollywood video. That was the rental place, but some Hollywood theme like that. And they had, yeah, I don't know. It, it's like, talk about dating yourself. My high school, it's getting torn down. Uh, Ames High. Not today. There's students in it. <laughs> but <laughs> Run! In case anyone's worrying about it. Uh, My kid's in that building. But they have, they have, um, uh, the show, they built a new high school right next to it, and this weekend on Saturday, I think they have an open house, which I don't think I'm going to be able to go to. But I do want to take, I want to try to find a time to sneak the kids in, like the old memory lane, because that's where I kind of met mom. That's where you know a lot, a lot of good things happened up there, and, and not that any of them are going to give a crap. They probably won't. But I don't know. Would you want to take one last trip? down uh you're you're actually at your high school a lot i am and it looks completely different from what it did in 1996 when i left there yeah they've done so many renovations at east um you have to you almost have to go through it with somebody you you can't imagine what it looked like i couldn't even walk you through mark and walk and explain the differences because where there once were giant staircases there now are walls and trophy cases and where they're like it just they've it's a strange layout yeah. because it was such an old school and they've done so many additions to it. So you have like, um, you have staircases that are adjacent to one another, but don't go to the same places. Yeah. So you can get lost. You can be in the wrong stairwell. Yeah. It's a bit of a maze. If you had now. to guess if you, if your life depended on you giving an accurate answer and I'll link this back to Ames high, 
um, one of the, well, the Ames I was dated is one of the reasons, but one of the reasons they want a new school was because of this. How many, how many exterior exits do you think are wow. at the school? At East, at East High? At, at East High. Okay, I can probably go through this. Now, these are, it, these, are, mean, these are doors I mean, that if, you can exit the it, building. Now, okay, I got, I got to ask a weird clarifying question. Yeah. Unlocked? Doors that, or you're just talking about doors, doors in general. Doors that you because could, that if they were a, unlocked, If you could they get were out. unlocked, you're talking about a lot at okay. East High School. Okay. A lot. Because the average school now, a school built now, it's not going to have a lot. No. Because they want a secure environment, et yep. cetera. There was an article once I read about Ames High and how long it takes the janitorial staff to go through each night to make sure they're locked. And that article that said there's 88 exits I, at Ames you High. You know, if you... 88. That is a crazy amount of access points for a building that you're supposed to have somewhat secure. Yeah. You know? Now, I have no idea what East would be, but... I mean, you're going to be in, you're going to be, I don't think it's 88, but it's going to be a, a shocking number. Yeah. Because there's just so many. I mean, as I'm moving around the building, I don't even know how many are on that giant front step. Most of those are locked throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, and those used to be the main doors, obviously, for a, a century, and now that's all changed. Mm-hmm. There's several dozen, Mark. I mean, it's several dozen. Got to be. So, yeah, I don't know. The new school, I don't know how much Wild. they would pare that down by. Obviously, a ton, but... Yeah, it sucks that they got to view school that way. Like, it's not secure enough, the fact that we need that. It's sad, frankly. Um, what do you have for us today? Oh, my gosh. I'm I mean, asking you because... You, you mean, mean, what's the best story I've ever heard? Is, that, is, is the question you're asking me, Mark... You're, you're pressed Ross, for time. What's the best story you've ever heard? Is that the... Is that, the, is that what you're asking me? Um, no. Yes. It it is this the same... Hey, is this the same story... Uh, that you should have been telling us last week, or did you uh, hop on to a different one? No, I actually decided this was the story I was going to tell you today while I was mowing. I had a different okay. story last week. You're gonna um, you're gonna bring that up at I a have, different point. So yeah, and I don't know why I changed my mind. Why this one? Just literally this morning, I was like, oh, when Mark asked me, we're going to talk about Phil Ivy. Uh, but I was going to talk about Steve Perry, and I because you've been asking that was one of the stories that you thought I was going to tell a couple weeks ago. I did. I thought you were going to open with that. No, one. No, 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 no. So we'll get to. I so I thought I'd bring Steve Perry to you today. I'm not going to do that today. Today's story is about Phil Ivy. I, I, that's a name you've got to be familiar with. I'm very familiar with it, but I guarantee you, at least half of our audience More has no idea. That. Have no idea who Phil Ivy is. Yeah. Uh, self-proclaimed Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods of professional poker. Uh, what he meant by that was he was a young black man that Kinda was... looks like a Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah, very... Um, what's the word I would look... What, what's the right word here for... Stoic. Uh, stoic, yeah. Non... <coughs> um, like, not very... Almost plain Jane. What's the word I'm looking for here? That I think that word would describe the look of Tiger Woods. Yeah. You know, when you first met Tiger Woods, you're like, oh, he's kind of quiet and yeah. calm and yeah. there's a stoic nature about him and mm -hmm. i think that maybe describes phil ivy sure much yeah. more than michael jordan who is a lot more brash not gregarious or anything. there you go not gregarious so but again to call yourself the the michael jordan and yeah. tiger wins of something maybe you gotta have a little bit of ego yep phil ivy is a brilliant poker player though card player and not just like texas hold'em it'll be interesting where you go with this because i'm aware of one phil ivy story that uh, you know, it was kind of in the news and stuff, but I don't know if you're going there. At well, all is the that. story of how Phil Ivey was sued by a casino for winnings? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is uh, interesting. This, this is the story of how actually Phil Ivey, because uh, I'm glad that you know that much about it. Yeah. It was actually, there were two casinos that he pulled this stunt off 
on. Yeah. And both of them withheld their winnings from Phil Ivey. Didn't really become news until it happened here in America, but he'd already done it once in England. This will be uh, really interesting where our audience falls on this because this is one of those stories where it's you're going to see it one way or you're going to yeah, see it another. I'm telling you, this is... Yeah. I love this story. Yep. I don't, I'm not hyperbolic when I say it. These are the best stories I've ever heard, man. Yep. So Phil Ivey is uh, shopping around different casinos, and he's a whale. He's a guy that spends millions of dollars. He's going to gamble enough money to change your books yep. at a casino. Yep. And as we all know, casinos are clamoring to get these whales into their rooms and to play their so games. So they will lose their money to them. Yes. And so... Phil Ivey is doing something that very few people on the planet have the opportunity to do. He's shopping casinos against each other. Dictating terms, too. On, yeah, he's asking, I, I, I believe, now he doesn't, this isn't poker. I think this is Baccarat, he, right? Weird. The game that we're going to talk about here specifically is Baccarat, which I don't understand what Baccarat is, but I do understand that it's a card game, and it is in a little bit like uh, Blackjack, it's a are, it's a very simple game. It's not blackjack okay. in the sense that blackjack has a dealer and then players against the dealer. This has a banker and one player. It's yes. usually a two person game. Exactly right. Yeah. Very important for this also, Mark. Yeah. So and this was an important part of the conditions that Phil Ivey was shopping yeah. for. One of the few games in the casino, by the way, where you can touch the cards. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, if you go to Blackjack, okay. you can't touch the cards, and on Baccarat, you can. Well, it's interesting that you'd say that, because, and I didn't know that. I don't know, in all the things that I've heard and read about this, Mark, I don't know that that was one of the advantages that Phil Ivey was looking it's for. It's not necessarily an advantage. I'm just saying it's, well, it, it's it a might, unique characteristic of the game. As we talk about this story, it might come into play. Yeah. Because now that you say that, I'm wondering if the card orientation... Yeah isn't a big part of this. So Phil Ivey is, is shopping around casinos all over the world. Again, he found one in England. He found one in New Jersey, the uh, the Borgata Hotel Casino and Spa in Atlantic City. And the other one uh, that he found in, in England was uh, the Mayfair Club of Crockford's, a London-based casino. So back in 2012, he had contacted the Mayfair Club Crockford's, that, uh, that London-based casino, and laid out his terms, said, I will come and I will gamble my millions of dollars, but here's the deal. Um, I want to play with one deck of cards. You're not going to do multiple decks on me. It's going to be one deck of cards. I get to determine what kind of cards we're using. Made a specific request. Made a very, very specific request. He laid out about five different very specific requests, Mark. Yep. I want to have a playing partner with me. Like you said, it's usually a one-on-one -on -one game. He wanted to have a playing partner with him, this young Asian lady. Mm -hmm. um, and Croc uh, this Mayfair Club, Crockford's in 2012, they were the first ones to say, agree, 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 agree. We'll do everything that you're asking here. You get one dealer. There's The, the cards only get shuffled a certain number of times. Um, and we... and and. These other conditions apply. He yep. wanted them to remove the limits on how much he could gamble, which they were excited to do. Sure, yep. he took him. He took Mayfair Club of uh, Crockford's for seven point eight million dollars that night. Mm -hmm. Went in, played this card, big game, money, played baccarat with his uh, with his playing partner, and cleaned up mm -hmm. seven point eight million dollars. The 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 managers there thought something was amiss here. And they kind of started putting two and two together. And they said, we're going to withhold this money until we can figure out a little bit more about that. Well, while that money was being withheld, and Phil Ivey's kind of raising a stink about that, it was becoming news. That's when he finds the Borgata in Atlantic City, which says, hey, by the way, we'll say yes, 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 and yes yep. to your conditions. Yep. And we'll let you bring your friend in and play with this one specific deck of cards. And we'll see how this goes for us. He takes them for nine point six 
million. Mm-hmm. Now, where the amazing part of the story comes in, Mark, is that Phil Ivey might have been the big money guy, and Phil Ivey might have been the guy that they were all watching and they thought was the whale. His Asian playing partner was the real secret sauce in this formula, okay? Her name, uh, boy, I just had it up here in front of me. Now I can't find it. And I think one thing that you're, you haven't hit on yet, as I recall, it's been a while since I uh, read about the story, is he wanted a certain type of dealer. The playing partner the, spoke the same language as the dealer. You're, abs- so, you're absolutely right, Mark. Something about oh, rapport. Yep, yep, you are absolutely right. There were, and wanted that language barrier to be in place. Um, darn it, I had her name here, Mark, and I can't find it. Right, we'll, way, just people, call her, people will, we'll call her people, lady. It was like Sun Yu Jin or something All like right, that. All right, let's go with that. Sun sure, Yu Jin. Sun Yu Jin. So, we all know her well. Yeah. Ch- oh, it was close. Cheng Yin Sun. I wasn't that so close. close. But Cheng Yin Sun. Okay. Yeah. All right. So is, uh, what they were doing was something called edge sorting. And mm-hmm. ch- this is where Cheng Yin Sun's true talent was. She had an amazing eye for intricate detail. We all know what the back of playing cards look like. There's usually some sort of diamond or repeating pattern yeah. that can confuse the eye, and it can almost make it look a little bit blurry. Yeah. This lady had mastered the art of identifying the tiny differences on the backs of the cards. So when she saw the ace of spades, she, she knew, knew that on that the back the of the card, spades. this spot on the card was a little bit higher than it is exactly. on the two. Exactly. This, this 64th of an inch yeah. of, the, of the bottom left corner is actually showing this part of this yes. cut that, that no other card is showing. So I know that and could read the back of a deck of cards... Yeah. That way, yeah. edge sorting is what this is called. Mm-hmm. So that's when the casinos go, okay, you cheated. You you cheated us, and we're not going to give you this money that you allegedly won from us, even though Phil Ivey showed up and asked for the terms up front, mm-hmm. laid out exactly the things that he wanted to have in place, and they all agreed to that. Yep. When yep. he won, they withheld his money. These Both of these went to court, and Phil Ivey lost both of these cases. Which I guess I was a little bit surprised by because the caveat here is, is one, edge shorting is just a, a talent. It's a skill. Seems right? like it to me, man. It's not a crime. It's like counting cards, right? If you're smart enough to count cards, which is just keeping track of what cards have been played in blackjack, it's not a crime to do that, but if casinos know you're doing it, they're going to ask you to leave. They're not going to want you there counting cards because it gives you an advantage. Edge shorting gives you an advantage, right? But up until that happens, the casino has all the advantages. That's exactly. They have all the advantages. They don't want you to have any advantages, and when you flip the script on them, they don't like it. That's they don't like it. exactly what this is a story And this is why I'm on Team Phil Ivey on this one. I am Because... He wasn't hiding anything. He was now. Hiding. He didn't say she's going to be doing he, edge shorting. He didn't, and that's. But they could have said, "Why do you need a partner with you?" That's like, exactly, Mark. You you've nailed exactly where this court case kind of boiled down to, um, and that was where the court did determine he was not completely honest with them that he had, and they were cheating by using this skill. I mean, it's not something everybody can do. No, it'd be rare. It is extremely rare yeah. for people to be able to do what this lady was able, this Cheng Yin son was able to do. Yeah. And to do it on such a proficient level. Now, they had a, 
it, when you really dive into this story, there's some really cool stuff. It wasn't just these two casinos. He found a couple others. They just didn't have that that amount of success yeah. at all of these other casinos yeah. that they were able to convince to play with them. It was these two where they lost a lot of money. And I think this is what gets a lot of people that hear this story for the first time. They go, well, wait a minute. So the casino lost money and they didn't pay it and they sued the guy? Yeah, they did. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And they won. They won in a, in a court of law that said, we don't have to pay this guy this money because everybody comes into a casino with the assumption that the house has the, the advantage. I, yeah, I, I'd be interested to read what the opinion of the court was because it was, where in the rules does it say he's cheated, right? Because there are rules to, to these games, right? It, 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 this does remind me a little bit, Mark, of the wine story. Rudy, the yeah. guy who faked the, 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 the rare wine, you yeah. know? Their defenses in a, in a court of law, I think, are very logical. I don't, I, 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 they aren't enough to win in a court of law, but I love the, the mental gymnastics that are done with both of these of what did I really do wrong? Like, yeah. let's, let's break down what I really did wrong because what did I feel Phil, like I told you what I was going to do. What did Phil Ivey do wrong in this particular case? If you were going to look at it, what did he the, do I believe wrong? that Edge... He, the, the, he knew he was going to have an advantage yes. doing it. Which you would say the other side had it to begin with. Yep, he's trying to level that playing field. You know, if if they had a if they had a specific rule in the casino and he knew he was breaking that, then okay, that's a that's a different story. Yeah, but the fact that he was, you know, let them decide if they were comfortable with the way that he yeah. wanted to do it. That was all. I, that I, that should have come into account. That was why I was so fascinated by didn't. this case when this when this all boiled down. I think this all came to a head in 2014 or 15. It's six, seven, eight years old now. And Phil Ivey is back on. I mean, he lost this case. He didn't get his money. And he's still a professional. And he's poker still player a professional poker player. He's still a giant whale. All those things. And uh, he's, but, he was okay without his 16 million. Which sounds weird to say, but yeah, I think. Well, I mean, it was fine. like nine million euros, so which is like more than nine million. That's right? more than nine million dollars. Oh, anyway, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, obviously a brilliant dude to start with. You don't get that good at poker without being a really, really this, smart all of every part individual. of this is brilliant. Every, I mean, it's it's really, really, really next level. Genius. I want to know how he ended up finding this woman. So I'm looking for someone that's good at edge shorting. Do you happen to know somebody I can uh, reach out Mark? to? I wish I could remember which podcast introduced me to all the details of the story. It's years ago. There is a, because part of that podcast is the story of how he found this lady. Okay. It, she is the talent in this. Yeah. What she could do is it's rain man level genius. Yeah. That, that what this lady can do by looking at the back of a deck of cards. She'd be fun to have around when you're going in a, yeah, where's Waldo book. The, Right next, there, Mark. Next freaking level, dude. Like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. such a the, such a cool story. Uh, in so many ways of what's right, what's wrong, all that. It's a gray area, in my opinion. But sometimes those things aren't that particular one. It's probably, yeah, probably a little bit of a gray area. So shame on you, Phil Ivy. Shame on you. All right, we gave we gave the people forty minutes, Ross. I know you got to go. You got things to do, right? Important things. Important things. What's on the radio show today, by the way? Anything good? Oh, we have a radio show today. I don't know. Um, three hours of fun and frivolity. Tune in for that. All right, everybody. Uh, sorry we missed last week again. Ross's fault. My always, fault. Always is Ross's fault. Thanks for listening. Hopefully uh, we'll be around next week. We should be, and we will catch you then.